We've been shaped by stories our entire lives. When we were younger, they were read to us at bedtime. They come from our teachers in class and friends in hallways. We see them in our favorite movies and TV shows. We relate to them, visualize them, and share them. Jesus understood this and chose to teach through stories. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives, but the stories told by Jesus were meant to give us life. His stories were called parables. guys doing this morning? Oh my goodness. You guys are, you've had an hour more sleep than the first service. They did, they did bad when I asked them to. I'm not going to lie on them. They did not do a good job. So I gave them a second chance. So good morning. How are you doing this morning? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you who, who participated in that, welcome. For those of you who are watching online, uh, welcome for those of you who are watching specifically on Facebook. So glad to be worshiping with you this morning. Um, just really quickly, I just want to talk uh, about, Bill mentioned about what God has been doing in our student ministry and what God is doing in our kids' ministry. And we actually have uh, this video. Uh, if you could take a, a just quick look to see uh, a recap from this last Wednesday. Rockin' your halo like a snapback as you hang with ghetto angels She told me they won't catch you when you fall You know this thing won't end well Cause somebody shot the sheriff If it's you, I ain't gon' pay bill She says, good morning, wake up, wake Good morning, wake up, wake Good morning, wake up, wake Wake up, wake Wake up and get yourself to church, yeah. We wanted to, to give you a snapshot of what Wednesdays looked like. This Wednesday was unique. We had our uh, worship uh, leader who led us at camp come and lead us on Wednesday night, and it was a great night. And, and I don't tell you this uh, number to, to like boast or anything like that, but we had 120-plus uh, students in this room on Wednesday nights. It's awesome. But, but here's, here's the thing. I say that because we have... We have some phenomenal leaders. I am so thankful and indebted to our volunteer leaders, and I'm just thankful for them, like, coming in and seeing the vision and seeing the need and meeting that need. But, man, we, we need more leaders. We need more adults who uh, will be consistent and willingly step in uh, to some kids' lives who are walking with Jesus. And hopefully it's not – I'm not asking for any theologians. I'm asking for people who are just walking with Jesus that will point – um, students to Jesus. Uh, specifically, we have one group of sixth and seventh grade boys. There's like 20 plus of them, and we have one leader who's great. And and but it's like you you've met a sixth and seventh grade boy, so just times it by 20, and like he just like I just walk past this group, and I just I put my head down and just keep moving because I'm like, hey, man, I can't help you. Like you got this. Um, but we just need more people who are willingly stepping in, and I know kids ministry uh, the same. It's really important to pour into our, this next generation to help them see who Jesus is and that he 
loves them, and it's not just something that one day when they're older they can have a relationship with God, but right now they can have a relationship with God that, is, that can thrive. And, and what we're seeing is, is really just students who are saying yes to Jesus, then going into their school and just living differently, and people being like, wait, what happened to you? And they're able to say, man, this, this, I heard the story about Jesus, and he saved my life, and he's changing me, and he's making me more like him. And they're saying, well, can I come hear about him too? And they're bringing them, and then their, their, their friends are saying yes to Jesus. And we're just seeing him do this great work in our student ministry, and we need people to come and serve. And so um, I hope that you will consider that. Um, and so, uh, But uh, if nothing else, we're going to dive into uh, today's message. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 16. Uh, Luke 16, we're going to read uh, quite a chunk, 19 through 31, um, but before we do, let's pray. God, thank you so much for you. Um, Lord, I just thank you for your love for us, God, what you're doing uh, in this place, what you're doing in the hearts of our students and in our kids, and God, I just pray that you would continue to send us students and kids that are hungry to hear about you, that are seeking after you, that are searching, asking questions about who you are, and I pray that you would give us uh, the words to speak that today, even that you would give my word, or that you would uh, bless these words that I'm about to speak. God, that it would uh, go forward and life change would happen here in this room, and that those who are watching online, Lord, we thank you for you, Jesus, and the work that you have done. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Um, we've got plenty of time today because my team already lost this week, and I know some of y'all are wanting to get home to watch football, but I don't care about that for you. Um, today, um, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I had a, a conversation with a friend this week, um, and he was talking to me about his dad, and his dad had uh, uh, some issues come up, and his dad was, uh, he was just like, he's like, oh, I'll be fine, and he just kind of swept past them, and he was just like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, I'll be fine. Like, it's just kind of some discomfort or whatever, and he was just like, uh, no, dad, you need to get this looked at. And his dad was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And finally, after the hounding and for months, he finally went in and got it looked at. And he had, um, and he was even reluctant when he got to the doctor. He was like, I mean, is this really that big of a deal? And the doctor's like, yes, it is. And found out that he had over 90% blockage in one of his arteries. Uh, and he, like, since then has gone on some medicine and is going to be able to be helped. But it was just one of these things, like, he was afraid to get his heart checked. And I tell you this uh, because I, I, as he was telling me this story, it, it, was, it was crazy because I actually had a conversation um, earlier in the week with a, a friend of mine in ministry. And we were talking, and, and sometimes, um, as, as just, uh, just to be honest with you, sometimes pastors get together and we just like, you know, sometimes we can get in our feelings and just talk about like the woe is me type of atmosphere. And, we, and he was just kind of he was talking about how he had not noticed over the last few years, how the last few years had really affected his heart, his spiritual heart. How he had got into a position where he was kind of being ugly towards people whom he loved because the effects of all that was going on and, and pastoring people and, and just life in general, he had really kind of allowed for things to, to enter into his heart that he didn't even know were really there until one day it was too late and words came out of his mouth and he was kind of disappointed in himself. And I, today, and just thinking about both of these and knowing what the assignment is today, I want to talk to all of us about a heart check. 
Now, I, I told the group earlier, I am not a doctor, so if you have a physical need, go to the doctor. I can't help you at all, but if spiritually, I hope that we can all look at this word together and just let the Lord speak to us today. Luke 16, uh, starting in verse 19, says this. There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. Not a good trade-off, but it says, One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip, uh, to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot, neither can those from, the cross, uh, from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn, and, and I have five brothers and I want to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said that they have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, even if they don't listen to Moses, or if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. Heart check. Here's what I want for us to understand this morning. The rich man did not, uh, did not go where he went because he had money. It wasn't because of his wealth. The poor man did not go to glory because he was poor. The rich man and the poor man had a different heart. See, the poor man's heart was one that was turned towards God, one that knew about who God was, had faith in God, and was turned towards him. We can have this understanding as we read through Scripture, and especially in Ephesians 2, 8, it says that we have been saved through grace, through faith. It is not on our own works. There's nothing that we can do to earn it, but it's this free gift that God offers to us. And so we have an understanding as we can look and read into this word is that the, 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 the poor man's heart was right with God. And the rich man's heart wasn't. And so the first thing that I want for us to talk about is that the rich man, he actually had a poor heart. It's crazy to think uh, in life, and, and we see this aspect of this rich man, he had everything that the world tells you that you could possibly want. Even in his clothing, he almost reads as like a, a, a regal, like royalty. We see this man who has everything that, like by the world standards and status, like he's got it. You would look at him and say, oh, there's a, there's a billionaire, and he's got everything that he wants, all the cars, all the houses, all the clothes, whatever he wants, he just goes and he gets. And man, what a life to live. Like, what, how could he complain? What could he want? I mean, he's eating at, like, Texas Day Brazil for dinner. They're just bringing him the food. They're just serving him every single night. It's just right in front of him. He's got everything that he could want, everything that he could imagine, but his heart is not in line with who God has created him to be. So many of us maybe in this room um, and watching online could, we can see maybe where the rich man is. 
Maybe in our life, we have been chasing after things and notoriety and money and the next thing because we want what the world wants from us. It's, it's just something that we were taught growing up. It's just like, man, what, what is, how much money can I attain? Who can I step over to get it? What position can I have? And Jesus comes and he teaches something that is completely upside down from that. But we're too busy chasing and trying to attain the things that the world has for us. And the rich man shows us this example that, I mean, he saw, it doesn't, like, it, it lends us to think, like, the, the vantage point that he had of the poor man, he saw him often. He saw someone in need, not just in need for just, just, just some food, but this man, I mean, he was sores, I mean, somebody who could, he could easily have seen and helped take care of and bandage those wounds, and even if he just wanted to give him some money so that he could do it on his own, and, and, and he just saw him and he did nothing. And so many of us have this, not, uh, maybe hopefully it's not so many of us, but at times all of us have had this mindset that that is their problem, they're over there, I'm over here, and I am blessed, and so I don't need to worry about what's going on over there. And this mindset of a heart that is like that is the complete opposite of a, of a heart that is like Jesus. And so the rich man's poor heart is where, what got him into this place where he was, beside from everything else that was going on, he had a clear understanding that there was a better place for him for eternity, and he knew that he was not going to be there. And he knew that he was not going to be there, not because he didn't pay his way in, but because his heart was not turned towards God. Listen, the rich man knew about God. If you listen to what he says, he says, he cries out, Father Abraham. You started to sing the song, didn't you? Yeah, I heard somebody sing it. Cries out, Father Abraham. And so he had this knowledge of God, because he knew of this faith that Abraham had years ago. He knew about this faith, and he said, I knew about this. Abraham, will you just help me in this way? And Abraham's response also shows that, that he, he says, son, like this, 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 this mindset, this idea of, of this rich man, he knew a better way. He knew that if he would receive and turn his heart towards God, that this outcome could be different but instead, he was just wrapped up in the things of this world. And that was actually, as he thought he was rich, and as, as we would look at that person and say, man, they are well off. Truthfully and honestly, what matters is the heart, and their heart, his heart was poor. And I don't say that, like, out of excitement. I say that to hopefully allow for those of us who may be chasing and trying to get the, the next thing and just looking at whatever the world has to offer and making that our idol. I say that to say chasing after that, it just leads to a poor heart. And I'm telling you that that is not what God has for you. There is, Like I said earlier, it's not that he was rich that made his heart poor. It's that the fact that he that he only cared about his wealth and he did not care about others and people around him and who God was, that is what put his heart in that position. It had nothing to do with what he had. Because what he could have done with what he had is to brought the poor man in and to bless him and to said, look, I got a, I got a place for you in my house and I got a, a seat for you at the table. And we're going to get those sores taken care of because the dog's licking them. That's disgusting. And so we're going to have to do something else to help. 
But instead, he saw the problem and he just kind of stepped over it. He said, that's not my issue. That's not my problem. The rich man had a poor heart. Second thing that I want for you to understand is the poor man had a rich heart. And it's not because he didn't have anything. It's not because he was, had the, the, the sores all over his body, but he had a rich heart because his heart was turned to God. And we can see that because, because of where he ends up, that he has a relationship with God through faith, that he understands that. And this, is, this, this truth hit me about eight years ago when I was going through one of the lowest times of my life, that no matter what my circumstances are, God is still good. And the poor man understood that because he sat there on a daily basis and longed for the things that the rich man had at his table. He, not even, he longed for the crumbs that the rich man had at his table. What fell off his table, he said, I, I just wish that I could just taste that. But listen, no matter my circumstance, I realize that God is still good and I will turn my heart towards him. The poor man who had a rich heart had an eternal perspective. And I'm challenged by his eternal perspective today because I, I realize that, that there will be tough times, that many of us are going through tough times right now, and, and I challenge our students that if we could have this eternal perspective the re, the, with the reality that, you know what, it, it, our situation may never change on earth. We may always, if there, there, will, there will always be sin, there will always be brokenness on this side of eternity. But the reality is that we believe and trust and hope that we will live eternally with God and there will be no sin and there will be no brokenness and there will be no sickness. And the, the, the poor man with the rich heart, he understood that. And that's how he could lay there on a daily basis. And, and, and I'm not saying he, he never complained because I'm sure there were days where it was just like it was just too much. I'm sure there were days where it was overwhelming and it was sad and he was lonely and whatever it was, but he, he kept his faith and his focus towards God. And I'm telling you this, that all of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are the poor man. Because on our own, in our doing, there is nothing that we could have done to earn or attain his forgiveness and his love. But he said, I will do it for you. I will go to the cross on your behalf because I love you. And this reality of, of Jesus' finished work on the cross for me and for you and then raising from the tomb makes us a way for, to, to, to change this, this poor heart to a rich one. And the only thing that we have to do is just to say, Lord, we trust you and we receive it. And it changes everything for us because the reality is our heart was born poor. It will remain that way unless we say, Jesus, we receive what you have for us. Give us a rich heart, not a rich heart so that we can attain things and the world can see us, but a rich heart so that we can love people and we can point people back to you. It's what we're seeing in our student ministry. It's what makes me so proud and thankful to be the student pastor at the table is because we're seeing students get the reality of Jesus and what he did for them and realize that they could not earn this or attain this on their own but because he was willing to leave the glories of heaven to give of his life, they received it. And now they're going out and telling people, you can receive this heart too. And that's how the poor man gets to where he gets to is because he realizes that his circumstance, maybe he's in the valley and he, he, it doesn't 
tell us of any, well, he was, he, you know, he had these swords for a little bit and then he was healed by Jesus. It, it continues to just act as though like this was his experience for all of his life. All of his life on earth, he experienced this hardship and this pain and people overlooking him. But yet instead, he said, I will turn my heart towards God because that is eternal. And no matter the circumstances of my life, God is still good. And I, and I hope for us to get this because here's what I know. Every single person in this room, every single person watching online, every single person in the world, like we will face hard things. We will have times where we are in the valley. We will have, and it may be long, and I, I would love to tell you, man, it's just going to be temporary, and you'll have healing on this side of things, and it'll be all good on this side of things. That's the hope, and that's the prayer, but it doesn't always work out like that. But like the poor man who laid there, he knew something. He knew that no matter his circumstances, God was still good. He didn't let his circumstances dictate what he thought about God. He let God dictate what he thought about his circumstances, and we should too. The poor man had a rich heart. The last thing that I want for us to look at this morning is just for us to ask ourselves the question, how is our heart? I think for me personally, um, talking about my two friends that I was speaking to this week and uh, really ultimately the one who I had the conversation with, uh, that's another pastor friend of mine, um, leaving that conversation, I began to ask myself the question, how is my heart? And I think honestly, sometimes we just kind of like, we, we, we do that and we're just like, oh, we're good. Like, I'm good. I don't, I didn't like want to run anybody off the road today. So my heart's probably great. Or I didn't key anybody's car today. So I'm good. Like, God, we're good. Like, everything is fine. But just honestly, I began to do the work, and I just asked the Lord, like, God, how is my heart? And it's a process that I continue to need to do and will for the rest of my days, but God, how is my heart? And if I'm honest with you, uh, the response was not what I wanted it to be. Um, over the last few years, I, in the same way as that friend, have allowed for things um, to filter into my heart that shouldn't be there. And trying to take a right standing in some places, I've, I've allowed for people who think opposite of me to, be, even those in the faith, to become enemies of mine, and that should never be the case. And the mindset and the idea of trying to do right, I've allowed for people that, that, that I look at and, and, I, and I have conversations with, I've, I've allowed myself to walk away from those conversations and think less than or, or worse about someone when and, and, and it's not, it, it wasn't something that I was knowingly doing, but it was something that I certainly was, and it was, it was changing the way that I, like, that I pursued them. It was changing the way that I did ministry. It was, it was changing my heart. And truthfully and honestly, I, I've got to allow for the Lord to just do some work in here. And just submit to him and says, God, I want to be like Jesus. I want for people to see you in me, but I know that there is things in my heart and in my life that I've got to work on. You've got to work on, Lord. And you've got to reveal these things to me because just honestly, I've been walking as, as with those as blind spots in my life, and I don't want that to be the case anymore. 
And here's what I believe to be true. I don't think that I'm the only one who's like that in this room or watching online. I think that all of us need to do a heart check and not just one that just says like, God, how am I doing? And oh, cool, I'm good. Like, let's keep it moving. But one that says, God, does my heart look like yours? And if it doesn't, show me where it doesn't and let's do some work. Because our heart can be turned to God for eternity. Once we say yes to Jesus, he has given us a new heart and a new mind, and we are saved forever. But now it's time to work from this place and allow for God to do, continue to do a work in us that changes us over and over, that makes us look like Jesus. And so that people can see us in the way that we treat people and the things that we say and the things that we do and the things that we think, and well, they can't see the way that we think, but that, that they will have an overflow in the way that we live. And people will see us, and they will see him in us, and they will say, Man, what is it about you? Something is changing. And you get to sit and say to them, look, it is not me. Honestly, I have given my heart and my life over to Jesus, and he is my Savior, and he is my Lord, and I live to bring him glory and I know that I, my heart was once poor, but because of him and his work, it's now rich. And so anything that you see in me that is good, it is a gift from God. And it's not that I should boast, but reflect and glorify him. That's where, as believers in Jesus, if you are in Christ, that is where we are supposed to be. That is our heart. Our heart is to be turned and given towards him and then to be grown in his ways and his love. And there are times, and maybe more often than we do, we need to have a heart check. And we need to just say, God, what's in me that doesn't need to be there? And not just have the knowledge of it, but God, then will you help me to remove it so that I can bring you glory in the way that I live? The last thing that I want for us to see and just look at really briefly is just in, uh, I think it was pretty cool in verse 30 of Luke 16, uh, this, this conversation the rich man has with Abraham, he says, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Think about the life of Jesus. And in this part, I think about the resurrection of Jesus. I'm here to tell you who are in this room and watching online, I really do believe with all that I am that God left the glories of heaven to come to earth. And he did it specifically because he cared so deeply for people. And he knew just like this story tells of a chasm between uh, some people and what God has for us, this, this wide chasm. He knew that there would be only way to make that chasm go away, to bridge the gap between my poor heart and his rich heart. And that way, the only way to do that was for him to come and die on the cross, but then to not stay dead, to raise from the grave with this promise of returning for those of us who would believe in him, as, as the rich man says to Abraham, look, if, if someone would come after death and come and tell us about this life that we could have, they would repent. As I read that, I just said, man, I want to give people that same opportunity. If you have yet to place your faith in Jesus, I'm asking you as someone who knows and who trusts and Jesus, as my Savior, I'm telling you, I'm asking you not to wait. There is a heart that is ready to be given to you, this new heart that is found 
only in Jesus, this true richness that, that lasts far past this earth, far past your life, that leads into eternity. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for you. God, thank you for loving us and making those of us who have said yes, making us right with you. Lord, I, I hope that we realize that our poor heart is on our own. We, we could never have more than a poor heart, but because of you and your love for us, when we place our faith in you, we receive this rich new heart that gives us a right standing for both now and eternity with you, God. And it's all because of the work of your son, Jesus, who left the glories of heaven willingly to die on the cross for us. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room that has yet to say yes to you, that they would relinquish their poor heart today. They would give themselves over to you and receive this new heart that lasts forever. God, I pray also that those of us who have been given a new heart, that have allowed things to filter in that should not be there, Lord, that you would, you would convict us, that you would do a work in us, and that you would change us to become more like your son, Jesus. God, thank you so much for uh, the continual growth as we are guided by your spirit. We love you, Jesus. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.